We are here, everyone. It's the Masters, the last major from last season. This is the putting green. Let's get to it. What's up, friend? It's your favorite betting bartender, Anzo for DFS Tavern. We're talking the Masters. Finally, Augusta National, what we've been waiting for. Great field, uh, some unknowns, a great course. We're going to be talking about that course. We're going to be talking about the weather. I'm going to be going over five golfers that I like this week, which is hard to do for this type of event, but I'm going to do it. And we're going to show you where you can get all that information right on our homepage. All the links are down below in the description, so be sure to hit that up. But first, before we get there, who do you think is going to be the biggest player to bust this week at the Masters? Now let's jump to the information. Down below in the description, we have the links to our webpage. Click on the upper left, go to the PGA page, and here we are the Masters. The contest is already full, so sorry, not sorry, you're too late. And here's the stat model. Again, I'm using last year's stats for this because I wanted the most information I could get in there for the field. Uh, it is listed from DraftKings price on down, but uh, the easiest way to dive into the information is to click on the upper right here to open up the stat model like this so you can use it better on your phone your tablet your computer it just makes it a lot easier for you to read everything for you now before we jump into the players let's go to the weather again in the description we have augusta georgia weather down here it's been raining uh, pretty much at least sprinkling every day, Monday, Tuesday, uh, we saw at the practices. Wednesday, no par three contest, but uh, it is going to be raining then too. Uh, again, we're dealing with high 70s, but it's going to rain a lot on Thursday also. Then it lightens up on Friday and then comes back again on Saturday, maybe a little bit on Sunday and clears up after that. So maybe if this pushes through or pushes through that way, I should say, uh, this won't be that bad for some of the players to get through the field. Now, because of this, we are going to be dealing with some split tee times, which we don't normally see at Augusta, meaning players will be teeing off on one as well as 10, playing the back nine first and then jumping the front nine, and they'll flip-flop to the second day. But they're trying to get this in early and trying to get all the players a fair chance while they play. Again, all the rain coming in on Thursday night, early Thursday morning, so it will be a wet course, meaning that the greens might be a little soft, at least for the first day, so balls will stick, and maybe this course will be a little bit lower than normal, but this is a long course, and we're going to jump to the course because we're not dealing with the wind too much, although when you get above the tree line, that wind could start howling a little bit. It just doesn't look to be too much, though, uh, this week for the Masters. When we jump back into the stat model, we're going to go right to the course layout. And you can see here that I have the names for each hole listed. And there's a par 72, almost 7,500 yards. Can play even longer than that. A lot of hills, so it can play longer than that even. But this is one of my favorite courses to talk about. And we have a lot of holes that are going to be featured on the telecast, right? You're going to have, I believe, 4, 5, 6. You're going to have Amen Corner, which is 11, 12, 13. You're going to have 15, 16. And then you have your featured groups. So you're going to see 
and have the ability to watch every single shot from every single player because the cameras are set up all along the course. Uh, so it should be great. Just follow the players that you like. Or if you want, just post up onto, I believe, like DirecTV and ESPN Plus or something and and get all the, the holes that you want to watch there as well, the featured groups or featured holes. So to talk about a little bit of the holes that might not make as much airtime, obviously T Olive, number one, uh, par four. There's a bunker right in the way on the right side of the fairway there. It dog legs are right. So you really have to get over that bunker. That player has to get over that bunker and have the shot at making the green. Now, that's what we're dealing this with this week is that the players that are going to win this or at least be in the top 10 are going to do really well on the par fours. And uh, the rest of the field, you just have to go, you know, drive, approach, hit the green, putt, putt, move on. So drive in the fairway. Approach and hit the green, two putt, move on. That's the name of the game at Augusta National. Which uh, leads me to another great hole. Let's talk a little bit uh, about 11, White Dogwood. One of, this is one of the uh, uh, toughest holes on the course. Now, this starts Amen's corner. Uh, is a long par four at 505 yards, a dog leg right, and then the green is tucked away right behind some water, like a little pond that comes in. So all the players will hit it right. You will see this and notice this each time. The golfers will shy away from going for the green because they're going to leave it right, especially on uh, Sunday when the green, the whole, the pin is way left and shallow left so in order to just get away with a par they'll hit the right they'll land like these mound areas off the fairway and then have to do another approach shot to make it close enough to the pin and have a chance at one putting for par if my memory serves me correctly the marker uh jeff knox jeffrey knox i believe his name uh the one that plays when we get to the cut and if there's an odd number of players he'll play with the lowest uh player and so they have a partner to play with. He was the only one, I think, that birdied the hole last year. Ugh, I could be wrong on that, but I know he was one of the only ones to birdie uh, on Sunday, uh, hole number 11. But that's one of my favorite holes. Obviously, you have Golden Bell, which is like Jordan Spieth's uh, nemesis, that par three. Uh, you have the water in front, a very, very narrow yet wide green, a bunker in front of it, a bunker behind, uh, and then like a waste land so to speak to land in a landing area if you don't want to go for the green you land up there and, and go back down so that's another tough hole uh and then you have azalea uh 13 par 5 has that creek that goes right up the left side of the hole and then comes and shoots back around in front of the green so if you go for the green in two you very well could hit it in that creek coming across uh, raised creek is what it calls so don't really want that and that can turn a eagle chance into a bogey real quickly so those are some of the holes i like and talk about 18th here especially if you're ending on 18 it's harder than people think I, I think people don't like it because it's tough to get like a double bogey on it i mean it's pretty straightforward uh, dog leg right but a pretty sharp dog leg right so the golfers have to land it in a good spot on the fairway in front or around a bunker that's right in their sight line uh, off the fairway and then the approach shot is very very high uphill like unless you're there and walk it you'll never know how hilly this final shot is going way up the hill there onto 18 surrounded by some bunkers uh, and then again two putt for a par um it's just, it's not difficult. And if we go to, and I don't have this 
on the normal stat model that you're looking at, but I have it uh, already out to all the Discord members, which the links are down below in order to join us in Discord. If we look at hole number 18, we'll notice that the winner, Tiger Woods, actually bogeyed it uh, last year because he didn't care. He kind of just, uh, once he got past hole 12, actually, where he took over the lead from uh, Molinari, he went uh, birdie on 13, par, birdie on another par 5, birdie, par, bogey. So he took advantage of the par 5s uh, and actually birdied a hole 16, which when it's set up on Sunday, always sets up for a uh, hole-in-one chance, and players that know how to play that will do well there. But um, yeah, that's kind of uh, what he did and you'll see a lot of these players on 18 can birdie it, uh, some bogey it, but you'll never see like sixes uh, hanging up there unless it's a real, real bad play. And as I go down the list here, I don't think anybody got a six other than Bernhard Longer uh, while scrolling down. Again, that's where the Discord members are ready if you want to get access to that. As well as what I have access for our Discord members is a strokes gain total uh, for the players in the field. Now let's jump to the Masters field here. Starts with Bryson DeChambeau, which all the talk is all about, how short he's going to make this course. Well, if we look at Bryson DeChambeau, he doesn't have the greatest track record here as far as being an 11-2. I will say that. But uh, we're going to go top the bottom here. We're dealing with five golfers and 10K and above. And Dustin Johnson is my number one player once again. He was my number one player last week. I talked about him. He came in second uh, last year at this event at Augusta. He came in second. And you'll see that I actually have course history bumped up to 10 points out of 100 because you really, really need it. it it's it's a well-known fact that debutants do not win uh, since Fuzzy Zeller in 72, I believe, was the actual year. Uh, but debutants do not win at the Masters. You have to at least play once. Um, well, here we are, DJ. You're the number one player in the world, second last year, 10th in 2018, fourth in 2016. It's like, this is his chance to do it. And at 10,000, even on DK and 45 on Yahoo, uh, I think this is a shot to go with. Now, here's what we deal with when we're dealing with a field and it's it's small. It's 92 players uh, and 50 players make the cut in ties that uh, when you have more than half the field making the cut, you're really looking at it as, as almost a no-cut event and you need your players to make the cut and then go on. You're going to need those points, but the scores won't be super, super low. Uh, but DJ here has all the power to make all the cuts. Um, he's first across the board in recent form, uh, last four, last eight, and course history. Again, he only played once uh, in the last four, and then another time at the U.S. Open, so twice in the last eight tournaments. So that's why he's first in those fields. So you got to kind of look at information like that. But it's a known fact that players – Need to play recently to do well at the Masters also, or do as well. So that's why I really like DJ this week. Again, 10000 saving 1200 from Bryson. Are you kidding me? I will take those savings all day. Now, some of the other storylines that you're going to be dealing with here is Rory uh, needing this win to solidify his career Grand Slam. John Rahm has come very close here twice in a row. Can he do it? Again, what I want, my point, to be made earlier with a small field like this and almost treating like a no cut event, these top five golfers will be fairly spread out in ownership. And if one of them wins and you don't have them in any of your lineups uh, and they're over 20% owned, you're kind of screwed. Just know that. That's how this game works for DFS. All right, let's jump down to the 9K range. 
quite a few golfers I like in this range. And maybe someone that might be looked over a little bit, because I think a lot of people are going to Xander, uh, is Webb Simpson, ranking fifth in my model, 9,341 on Yahoo. He has played well here three out of the last four times. So we are going to take a sneak peek back to last year when he came in fifth and how he kind of did that in the strokes gained total. So when we go to Webb Simpson, we will notice that he gained over eight strokes on the par fours throughout the tournament. I love that. And in his final round, he shot 70, so two under. I mean, that's really all we're kind of looking for. Um, but when you're gaining on those par fours, uh, that's really what you want here. So I love Webb Simpson for that. Uh, again, three top 30s out of his last four times here. Coming with a 17th at the Zozo, 13th at the Shriners, 8th at the U.S. Open. I'm hoping maybe he gets overlooked by Xander a little bit, and I understand why. But uh, Webb Simpson seems to like this course. He sees it enough. We know that he can get it on the green. And once he does, he has a good chance of putting decently. He's number one in my Mixolas cocktail mix. Uh Total driving I've skewed towards length. I failed to mention these key stats before. Strokes gained tee to green, he's 11th. Birdie or better percentage, he's actually first out of this entire field and third in strokes differential versus field average. So Webb Simpson, my guy, 9,300. Put him in there. Uh, he should do really, really well. Uh, we'd love him to get it like another top 10 to uh, pay off immensely. When we come in the 8K range, we're dealing with another nine golfers because Sergio Garcia, uh, the gentleman that uh, said the guys deserved it that went out with COVID, actually got COVID. And he got it at Houston probably because of the fans. Thank you very much, folks. Um, but here we are, and we have a player that I think should be a little bit higher in price. He's higher in Yahoo, low in DK, 8,800, Tony Finau, 10th of my model. Uh, is 40 on Yahoo, 8,800 on DK. So DK, he's kind of a steal. Maybe shy away on Yahoo, but definitely price arbitrage there. Tony Finale is the man. He loves this course amount. Um, this is the gentleman that pretty much broke his ankle or popped it uh, in the par three contest and then comes back and screwed everybody that moved off of him and getting a top 10. It's like, what the hell, Tony? Um, I know his win equity is absolutely zero to none. I get that. But he somehow loves this course. He's coming in with pretty decent form. Eighth at the U.S. Open, eleventh at the Zozo was, was a tough field there. He beat a lot of good players at the Zozo. Twenty uh, fourth at the Houston Open. I mean, that's okay. Maybe he was fine tuning something. He's a guy that really just likes to get it to the green. Twelfth uh, in mixologist cocktail mix, and then putt. He's not the world's greatest putter, but he gets it on the green and then goes from there. Uh, top ten, ninth in strokes gained tee to green. That's what I'm looking at, right? So that's what I'm looking at. I mean, you can make an argument and go to Hideki, but Hideki just hasn't had, uh, he's kind of regressing here at uh, at uh, Augusta National, if you want to, so to speak, but he did better last week, so maybe some people go to Hideki. That's another good choice you go to, but uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with Tony there. Uh, seems like a great play at 8,800. I was thinking he was going to be like nine grand, so slightly underpriced in my view. In the 7K range, we are now dealing with 19 golfers. This is probably where I like the most amount of players, and it's always tough to kind of uh, go for some of these players. I mean, Louis Wu stays in at 7,900. Seems a little bit high or steeply priced, but he does awesome here and he always gets overlooked. So make sure you kind of toss him in there if you're playing multiple lineups. The other ones or the other players I'm looking at are in the lower range of this uh, 7K range. And I seem to always sort of like gravitate towards a range in the 7K range to make my teams. And 
I liked one player first and then kind of looked at the stats and dove a little bit deeper into it. Again, looking at the strokes gain total, looking at the strokes gains from last year's Masters. Again, I went hole by hole and did strokes gain on there. Um, so it took some work, but we, we got it going and broke it down. So again, join us in the Discord and get that links down below. But Kevin Kisner is my guy at 7,100. He seems like a guy you wouldn't really want to grab at this course. Uh, he's 27 on Yahoo, by the way. So priced a little bit high on Yahoo, priced nicely on DK at 71. Look at this. He has three top 40s in his last four times here. He is not a distance type of hitter. And we're talking about this as being a long course or grueling course, but he always does well here. It's like, what gives? Well, we know he's a great putter. And when we're dealing with tough greens, usually I say that that negates putting quite a bit. But when you play this course over and over and over again, and they put the pins in the same spots and switch up maybe round one and two, and then they go to round four and the pins, round four at Augusta, you can almost pick where these pins are going to be just because it's like year after year after year in the same location. Uh, not that I hate that, but he's got to get there. And once he does, you already know what he's going to do. So I jumped to uh, strokes gained in this field uh, to Kevin Kisner. And here's something that I added this week. I added over the last eight contest so we see coke rack there a pie but is he debit time so i didn't know what to do there but kisser basically even over the last eight uh we see a standard deviation of five and a half when this number gets higher it means they have a little bit more boom bust quality in them but he's gaining 2.71 strokes to the field which is better than cameron champ which people seem to be going to it's better than shane lowry matt kuchar i mean it's better than a lot of players joaquin neiman's not in the field this week uh anymore but that's what kind of led me to uh, Kisner. But there was a lot, a lot of guys that I did like in this range um, that I did want to write down but kind of fell on him. And again, when we go to the strokes gain data from last year, Kisner finished 21st, uh, gained over two strokes, so not the best on the par fours, but did really well on the par fives, which you think he wouldn't normally do, but that's that putting. If he can pull in the par threes here, uh, we got someone to kind of talk about here. So again, uh, let's just get there. Kevin Kisner, 7,100 seems a little bit low on price. All right, down in the 6K range, uh, I like some people towards the higher part of the range, and we're dealing with 50 golfers. That's over half the golfers in the 6K range. Um, we're going with Siwoo right up top. Siwoo Kim, 6800 min price on Yahoo. Look, he came in 2017 as debutant and missed the cut pretty badly. Then we come into 2018, 24th, 2019, 21st. He missed the cut last week, the Houston Open. I don't give two craps about that. The three prior to that, he did pretty well. Sanderson's 37th, Shriner's 8th, and CJ Cup 17th. Yes, I know he did poor at the U.S. Open, another tough field event. I think he can shake that and come in. Coming to a course that he's seen in his young career for the fourth time and do even better. At 6,800, are you kidding me? He's ranking 47th in my model. Uh, he's not going to 
wow you in any of the stats, but we know that his ball striking is there as long as he doesn't hit the water. But for a guy that's seen the course and doing this well over and over again, at least the last two times, I think that's someone that you have to look at. So he finished 21st last year, as did Kisner. And when we go to the final round with uh, Siwoo, we will see that he gained five strokes on the par fours. So he lost all the strokes on the par threes, which have a lot of water. So we need him to do better than that. Uh, if he can figure out these par threes, we're golden with Siwoo Kim. It's a little bit of a challenge. It's a little bit of an unknown, but I think he's a guy you can go to who's played the course, seen it more than once, and knows where to kind of hit the ball. And if his ball striking's on, Siwoo Kim, baby, could be a great pickup. I'm not going to dive into the 6K range too much, but he's kind of my guy if I have to. That's this week's video. A little bit different than the rest, but still went over the five guys. I mentioned a couple other guys that we like here or why you could solid pick them. You got to take your chances. Uh, but this is a big week. This is the Masters. I love watching it. Wake up early. Watch as much golf as you can if you love the sport. Because I know I will be watching every day uh, for the first time probably in weeks for the Masters. Even on Sunday, uh, we're going to be coming up on the final during the first games of football, which football moved their games to only have six in the morning or one o'clock games Eastern time. So they did that for a reason because they know the Masters, and especially if somehow Tiger is there, everybody's going to be watching the Masters, not caring about football so much, so to speak, kind of, sort of, not really. Anyway, as always, best of luck, not only in your DFS, but of course, everything else in life. Keep dancing that music. Cheers.